I can see, you boys aren't like the usual hooligans hanging around here. Like these two fellas, uh, Buff Code and Beaver. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Buff Coat and Beaver. Adam and Clay here with you, and I'd say the most in-depth, in-your-face, any adjective you want to use podcast that Beavis and Butthead has. Uh, No, we devote time to episodes of Beavis and Butthead, one of our favorite shows of all time. And Clay, this is episode four, I believe, for us, and I feel like we're really hitting our stride. That's uh, it's um, yeah, I I I feel like you know we were already at like an eight or nine just with our natural charisma and expertise, but yeah, it's it's dead sprint time, baby. And now that everybody stopped listening, uh, hey, oh, I'm sorry, <laughs> you jerk. This week's theme, Clay, I will kick it over to you to. Tell us what we've got going on this week. Well, you know, this one, I think a big reason why I know why, at least I love this show is that there are probably a handful of episodes where you just watch and you're like, man, only on Beavis and Butthead could this particular story be told, which is, uh, which is to say it's really dumb, but also like, it, like a very sort of unique, just the, the unique structure this show has. We have uh, two of them. Uh, we have the Beverly Butt Billies from season five, which is one I've been really eager to talk about ever since we started this thing. And then also we kicked into the 2011 revival, actually the first episode of the revived season eight, Werewolves of Highland. So um, I think we got some interesting tops to, to get into, but um, you know what? Why not just kick it off here with uh, the Beverly Butt Billies? This one aired... On December 26, 1994, it was the 14th episode of season five, written by Christopher Brown, Mike Judge, and Guy Maxstone Graham, directed by Mike Judge. And uh, the IMDb synopsis is, Beavis and Butthead mistake sewage for oil and attempt to get rich selling it to their neighbors. I'm actually going to expand on that a little bit. Uh, what happened is uh, Beavis and Butthead watched an, an old rerun of the Beverly Hillbillies, which for anyone who might not remember was a show about backwoods folk who got rich finding oil on their, uh, on their property and then they moved to Beverly Hills. Well, uh, this one, uh, Beavis and Butthead watched the Beverly Hillbillies dig for oil in their backyard and are convinced they found it after puncturing the sewage line. Um, Adam, let's just go right ahead. Give me your thoughts on the Beverly Butt Billies. Uh, one, the title alone is gold. <laughs> uh, it's it's uh, fantastic. And, um, you know, you talked about the, they're actually watching an episode and we get to see a glimpse into the Mike Judge version of Beverly Hillbillies, which I believe he said he was a, was an influence on his uh just his comedic uh, stylings, if you will. He really enjoyed the uh, Beverly Hillbillies. I know that, yeah, uh, I, I, I never heard that, but I also, I wasn't going to admit, Hank Hill on King of the Hill was a big Beverly Hillbillies fan too. So, I mean, yeah, it's believable, sure. Um, there's just a great parody at the start. <laughs> so, um, where, you know, where Clee, uh, is it Jed? Jed has no idea what anything is. 
Uh, so yeah, it, it's fantastic to start there. But I, I think honestly, the connection this week between these two episodes are uh, the drive to pursue the, the Beavis and Butthead can be motivated to do things, uh, even though it sucks. Uh, as, as Butthead claims, like Butthead sweating, you know, digging this hole to to find the oil. Uh, of course, their main goal is to get money and chicks, but right. um, they still can be motivated. And I always think, what if Andreessen? Andreessen kind of. We'll talk about Werewolves of Highland later, but. Van Driesen kind of puts that motivation in their head sometimes of, of chicks, but it really does motivate them and they will pursue something if they do see that the, uh, the prize at the end is worth it. Uh, I really, uh, I like this episode a lot because I, great use of stink lines. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I love how, there's a line in there that turd smell somehow equals expensive <laughs> to Beavis. Yeah. Um, and then when they hit it, like uh, their whole business plan is based on the Beverly Hillbillies theme song. <laughs> yeah. Like Butthead rifles through and uh, <laughs> they hit it because at one point he's just like, we're there, dude. <laughs> you know, but they're just standing in sewage. But then to, to what the next step is, rifling through that theme song, I think is just a great a great way to, like, they have a plan. It's terrible. It's dumb. But, yeah. but there is a plan there. Um, at least Budhead has it there. So um, we get to see Mr. Anderson again. I'll let you maybe uh, talk about that more. But um, I, I love the interaction there. Uh, very, the very Hank Hill-esque as always, but I feel like this one, just him having a 30 gallon drum in the back, uh, is there. Overall though, the episode is really just gross. (laughs) It's, uh, you know, I think the older I get, the more sensitive I get to things like, not, not saying like, oh, it's off-putting. Ooh, you know, I'm not, I'm not putting my monocle on here. I'm just saying, like, it literally is just gross. Like, God, like, uh, when when they see the condom in it, you you kind of know it's coming at some point, but right. it's like, oh, God. And even though it's poorly drawn, with just the crap all over them, it's just gross. But uh, I I enjoy this top to bottom, and I really think we'll talk more about the videos later. Though this hits the sweet spot for me of music videos to uh, actual plot cartoon balance. So uh, that hits a sweet spot for me as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I will say um, we talked, uh, you know, one of the first episodes we did was our favorite episodes. And, you know, I went with Mr. Anderson's Balls. This was a very close second to me. I I love everything about this. So it's, it's a perfect use of the format of the show, which is, you know, they see something on TV, they try to recreate it, they fail to an unimaginable degree, all while believing they've succeeded. Um, I love that, yeah, once all the sewage comes out, that they went into their house and got pots and pans to dig it into a trash can (laughs) and sell it. And um, yeah, I also, yeah, I was, that's, I actually had to look this up because other outside of like the actual theme 
or uh, like the the plot line of the show i'm not super familiar with the beverly hillbillies but i do just like yeah like what are we doing but it's like oh let's see uh can folks say <laughs> that's just that's just a lyric to the damn theme song and that's a plan um and there's also you talked about like it being gross Oh, I mean, it certainly is. I, I feel like there's other episodes that have made me queasier than this one. But um, I do love, yeah, you kind of mentioned, this is like really the, the worldview of the show just put on display in one dialogue exchange with Butthead saying, oil smells like turds. And Beavis saying, yeah, I bet that's why it's so expensive. <laughs> um, and... And, and, you know, we kind of talk about something, too, about um, that's kind of a theme, just like, you know, I'll let this logic lapse side because it makes me laugh. I feel like there might be some people who could watch, you know, like these gallons of raw sewage shoot into the Beavis and Butthead's eyes, into their nose, into their mouth and think like, OK, no, they'd pass out or they'd die. Like, even just excluding the cartoon, I believe wholeheartedly Beavis and Butthead would be the two people who could stand there and mostly just be unfazed by just all this shit just flowing into every orifice of their body. They, their laugh, the pitch changes a bit. I think the speed changes a bit when, when it starts spraying them, but yes. Um, and there's no attempt to wash it off or, or anything <laughs> no. like that. They just uh, let her rip. Um, and um, I really, I see Beavis gets a night. I, I was really impressed with, uh, or I don't know if impressed is the right word, but um, <laughs> normally Butthead's the MVP of these episodes. I'm actually going to give it to Beavis this time around for a couple of nice moments. Well, I mean, first there was the, the we're in a hole kind of, you know, just innuendo. And then, when Beavis, you know, hits the sewage line with his with his shovel, he's like, hey, butthead, I felt something. And he's just like, uh, okay. And then I just love Beavis's, oh, yeah. I mean, no, no! <laughs> like, like, no, this is serious, damn it. Let's pay attention to what we're doing. And, um, you know, after the exchange with Anderson where, you know, he knocks the bucket of crap over. After, although, oddly, he makes a point like how well, I always love Anderson's saying we're going to we're going to tangle. I just that's a great Anderson line, like complete, like saying we're going to tangle if one drop of that gets on my property, but then slams the door right on it and it, and it falls right on his sidewalk. You know, I got to blame Tom for that one. Yeah, oh, absolutely. But it's um, but yeah, going back to and, and Beavis gets a nice win with, at the end with that weird exchange that joke sort of joking exchange they have with the sewage department guys um they yeah they have the back where um where uh but uh, beavis comes uh, what was it um oh yeah they point out that it's sewage and they're like no that comes out of that doesn't come from the ground that comes from toilets and then it's beavis with his with a it comes out of your ass dumbass to which buttheads it comes out of your butt butt munch and then <laughs> Beavis hits with, it comes out of your weed, dill weed. And then, and Butthead stumped. Normally Butthead wins that exchange. <laughs> because of the, uh, it's like, uh, wait, uh, uh, I got one. And then nothing comes. And what I also love about that scene is like the sewage guys, not only are they not paying attention to what they're saying, they've literally driven off <laughs> to where once they're, they're continuing just making jokes, they're looking onto a street where nobody is standing. 
you know, it, I watched that same scene and thought uh, back to the Taint of Greatness documentary, which we've mentioned a few times. And we'll mention again in this episode, spoiler alert. So um, talking about just their stance, you know, when they taught, he was talking about like uh, Mike Judge was talking traditionally cartoon characters always move their arms in a certain way when speaking. Beavis and Butthead are so still a lot of the times with just kind of their bad posture stance. And when, when the guys have drove, driven off, they really haven't moved much. No, well, not at all. <laughs> so um, it's just such a stark contrast from what, uh, you know, how cartoons are normally drawn. So uh, yeah, good eye, Clay. Thanks. Uh, just kind of off. What's your familiarity with the Beverly Hillbillies? Uh, they were on when we were kids. You know, I, I, my dad, of course, liked them. Uh, I, I, I couldn't recall any episodes uh, off the top of my head. I, I maybe have a couple that would jog my memory if somebody spoke about them, but they were on. So I, I, I can kind, I kind of know the characters. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm not too familiar with it. I'm not, yeah, I feel like that's kind of the same thing I've seen, like maybe an episode or two. I just mainly remember there was a movie made in I think 1994 that was played at a sleepover that I went to. So uh, that's a, uh, yeah, we were, we were real hell raisers back, back in my day with those sleepovers. But yeah, um, boy. But yeah that's uh, again, yeah, that's, I, I don't know like what the general consensus is on this episode, but that's it, it's a it's an all timer. One of my, one of my absolute favorites. But um, uh, moving on to uh, the music videos, uh, we got uh, a four pack this time around. Uh, the videos uh, displayed: "No Fronts" by Dog Eat Dog, "The Bubble Men Are Coming" by The Bubble Men, "Play Dirty" by Girl School, and "Ripe." by Babes in Toyland. Adam, give me your assessment on uh, what, are, what are some highlights here with this music video collection? You know, I'll start with Dog Eat Dog, Clay. Um, right away, the guys mentioned Aspen Extreme, mm -hmm. which um, I had never heard of. I don't know if you've... I haven't either, no. So uh, I just pulled up the trailer. You know, we might... Uh, I've got an ad here on YouTube, but uh, it's worth pulling up. Maybe we'll insert some uh, cheesy audio here instead of me reading the lines, but. In one square mile of snow, the beautiful, the rich, the famous, and the powerful come to escape. It's where the best skiers in the world challenge their skills. And it's the closest two friends from Detroit will ever get to paradise. What do you think? It's such a 1990s uh, for Mystery Science Theater fans. I'd say Rick Sloan-esque, like with a big budget. Nice. Um, Hobgoblins. Yeah, it, it, I mean, obviously it's got a, a, it looks better than Hobgoblins. But man, the, I looked at the director's credits and it's the only movie he directed. And he, he directed one episode, I think, of the 21 Jump Street in like 1987. Um, but basically it's the most 1990s movie. It's based on a it, Beverly Hillbillies connection. In the trailer, they mentioned like, we're going to be Beverly Hillbillies coming up here. So oh, really? It's two great skiers that go into the rich Aspen and... 
I think we'll be like the Beverly Hillbillies in that place. There's some, uh, there's a line in, in the trailer of... This is Aspen. Things are always different. Skiing out of bounds is illegal, you know. And oh. uh, you're the best skier in this mountain, says one guy, and he goes... You're the best skier on the mountain. Skiing's the easy part, Carl. Hollywood Pictures presents Aspen Extreme. You know, so you can oh. tell that uh, there's uh, some high tensions in Aspen Extreme. It looks like... Uh, I would say some sort of uh, what's the Keanu Reeves movie with Kurt Point Ross? Break. Point. It's like if Point Break was even shittier and in the snow, like no heisting. It. it you have to watch the trailer. Like, oh, I, I really. Well, can, can, I, can I point out a whole lot of movies are shittier than Point Break? <laughs> yes. Yes. It might be dopey as hell, but I, I defy anyone to tell me that movie's not entertaining. But. Uh, Aspen Extreme. I I have enjoyed these music videos for introducing me to things that uh, bull are uh, Killdozer and now Aspen Extreme is on my list of movies that I had no idea existed and yeah. I want to watch. This one looks much more entertaining than uh, Killdozer. I want to say like the one thing I noticed of that is that this I think this is a highly relatable problem to teenagers of uh, maybe our age and a little older uh, going into a movie falsely believing it would have nudity and then it not because uh, <laughs> yeah. I one thing I one memory I specifically have of us is going to this horrendous and rightly forgotten 2001 movie called Tomcats. Fantastic. You're like a big bad dominatrix. Come on, show me what you got. Come on, come on. Here's Grammy. Oh, Which, man, I don't think had a single laugh in it, but like I remember the movie, we were like, I was 17, and I guess you probably would have been 16, just in thinking, like, oh, yeah, there's going to be tits in this movie, and there weren't, but, but it did have Horatio Sands, so. And uh, Gary Busey's son. What, uh, what's his name? Jake, I think. <laughs> anyway, that movie sucks. Don't don't look it up and see it. But uh, uh, and it yeah. doesn't even have the cheesiness of what I think Aspen Extreme. No, it was it, it legit tried to be funny and was terrible. Uh, but doggy dog, you know, after the uh, after that, it got the <laughs> unceremonious channel change. But they they thought the song stopped a couple times. I enjoyed this music video, and when I, when I can go in depth. I enjoyed their lines. Uh, then they, they switch it to the bubble men, though, and the bubble men are coming, which is just odd. That is one of the weirder videos I yeah. think I've ever come across on the show. And I, I, lo I love that Beavis had like a flat out like existential crisis watching it. <laughs> like he thought he was having an actual nightmare. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah, guys with nads on their head. <laughs> and then uh, girl, girl school with uh, Play Dirty. Um, only thing I liked out of there is uh, Beavis was confused as to women not having nads and thought they were clip-on nads. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, the look at the nads on that chick line when she gets knocked down in the boxing match, yeah, that was great. But there is, uh, you know, we, I think we've talked about this just in the past with the Babes in Toyland with Bright. Butthead tells an incredibly dark story at the end of it. And uh, it, it's just, it's, it's really dark. 
I, I've written it. I don't know if you have it. I've written it down. Like the entire... <laughs> if you want to go into it, have at it. Well, here, yeah, here's the line. I'm with you. This is uh, yeah, just him telling a story about like, because I guess there was, uh, yeah, there was like, it, it harbored up images of Halloween for them for some reason. And then Butthead, this is the story. It was, uh, remember that old lady down the street that used to like give all the kids donuts she made herself? It's like her husband was dead and her kids were all grown up and lived away. So it's like the only thing in life that really made her happy was making these homemade donuts for the kids on Halloween. But then I told everybody she was like putting drugs and needles and stuff and she got arrested. <laughs> you see, so I had a couple of thoughts on this. One, okay. Beavis, Beavis showed compassion a little bit, like saying, hey, that's a little too much in, in Beavis fashion. Uh, okay. I don't think this story is true. I think it's Butthead trying to be cool and... Um, I'd, even if it was, so even if Butthead tried to gather momentum, there's no way anybody would take him seriously. So I don't think, I think this story was made up by Butthead to sound cool or he attempted something like this. And there's no way that somebody would be call the cops because Butthead told them <laughs> there was something in the donuts. Yeah, I've kind of like... The only thing I think that maybe like would have a flaw in that, I, I, I feel like Butthead would have a hard time telling this story the right way without tripping up over his words. But I think that's kind of a reason why I was able to laugh at this, even though it's, it's, it's a horrifying story. But um, yeah, he is the ultimate unreliable narrator. So I, I feel like at least part of this story is at least fabricated. But yeah, it was just like, it's weird when you like your your heart breaks for someone who's not even on camera, which is why I think it's better to do this like in the music videos as opposed to making it like a plot line of an episode because that would just be ew, that's awful. Yes, um, and you know, going back to Mike Judge ad living a lot of these, that almost feels like it's written, especially with Beavis's uh, kind of. Uh, poo-pooing of it but again Beavis comes out on top too so it's uh if anything this this episode has Beavis winning in a few days yeah ways. that's a, a much needed win but um yeah that's uh in this in a weird way this is kind of what inspired us to do this podcast because um a few weeks ago I was watching the movie there will be blood for the first time in a while and it reminded me of the oil. It's just, just the oil scene. So it's just like, <laughs> I need to get back into Beavis and Butthead. And then I texted you. He's like, man, this episode's great. And then within like a week, we were just like, yeah, let's do this podcast. And now we're millionaires. That's We've made gobs of cash. It's almost disgusting, but I'm not giving any of it back. You know, I, uh, I don't blame you. All right. Um, we're going to take a quick break, and then we will talk about episode two, The Werewolves of Highland, back after this. Buff Code and Beaver. Back, Buff Code and Beaver pod. Adam and Clay, episode two. Clay, This uh, our themes uh, so far have been only perfect Beavis and Butthead only on B&B uh, plot lines. And we started off 
As everybody, I don't know why I'm recapping it. If you've got this far, you've obviously heard. Beverly <laughs> Butler. Let, let, let me refresh for the people at home because, yeah. you know, attention spans, they wander sometimes. Uh, Beverly Buttbillies, where they struck gold uh, Texas tea, uh, but it was sewage. Yeah. So, um, but now we're going to switch to Werewolves of Highland. And this was season eight, episode one Beavis and Butthead want to be werewolves in order to attract girls. And uh, that pretty much sums it up. There was a uh, Yvette Kaplan, John Rice directed this one along with uh, Tony Cluck. Uh, and then Roy Allen Smith directed a segment as well. And the writers were Mike Judge, John Altshuer, and Dave Krinsky. And uh, there's quite a few directors, more directors and writers names that we haven't heard because this was the revival. This is the start of it. This is the first episode. So, Clay, I'll let you dive into Werewolves of Highland. Okay. Side note, I did notice uh, the John Altshuler and Dave Krinsky, who I believe they ran. They were the showrunners for the last seven years of King of the Hill or something like that. And then also co-created Silicon Valley with Mike Judge. So... A lot, lot of history with, with that trio. But, um, yeah, this this episode, um, I kind of backtracked a little bit. Um, a year before this came back, uh, there was a revival of another show uh, that I loved, Futurama, which I believe you weren't a fan of Futurama, correct? Yeah, I mean, if it's on, it's fine. Yeah, it's um, – well, I, I was a huge fan of the original run. And, um, and it's, it's, I mean, it's a different kind of show because it, it dealt with a lot of heady themes and like really sort of experimented with layered storytelling. And um, it worked a lot to its advantages. Like I will say they had an episode called The Sting, which is in one of the early seasons, which I think is one of the most well-written pieces of television I've ever seen. So I was a big fan of that. I didn't like the revival. Uh, there were multiple seasons. I only watched the first one. And kind of my issue was like, you know, all the things I talked about with the, the layered plots that kind of seemed to take a priority over being funny to where I feel like every episode you watch, it was just like the goal was supposed to make the viewer go, boy, that was ambitious as opposed to boy, that was funny. So it just kind of got lost in what I think really made the show great. And that was like a year before Beavis and Butthead came out or came back. So that was kind of on my mind. But uh, I mean, I was kind of excited anyway. But then I remember this wasn't the exact synopsis, but I do specifically remember reading that the first episode was going to be Beavis and Butthead watch Twilight, are convinced they need to be vampires and get bit by a man they think is a werewolf or a vampire, but is really just a homeless man. With uh, it turns out had gangrene, gonorrhea, staph, MRSA, and hepatitis A, B, and C. And we, like we talked about, boy, only on Beavis and Butt. Like that's a Beavis and Butthead plotline, if ever there was one. Yeah. First of all, I want to say, what is this? A fucking Futurama podcast? Get off. Second of all, all right. Well, <laughs> I'm kidding. Yeah. It was a good setup. I'm just kidding. Well. You can make a point without hurting someone's feelings, Adam. No. Um, yes. So, so you were worried. You were worried that this revival uh, might be something similar. And usually when you think of 
Oh, they're bringing it back. I'm with you. Here comes the eye rolls and it's not as good as the original. And a part of you, uh, I think a part of growing old, you know, you always say, oh, it's not as good as it used to be. I think that's just a natural disposition for a lot of people. But uh, I felt that this was, the revival was pretty strong. Yeah, yeah. Front to back, I think it was. I think I mentioned this in our intro episode where um, this is like literally my second favorite show of all time. And if maybe it's not as good as the initial run, but it's like a B-plus version I mean, I'll take that. I mean, hell, The Simpsons is my favorite show of all time, and they haven't done a B-plus version of that show in probably 20 years. So, I mean, yeah, it's it's a nice – I think, yeah, it, it's a nice addition to, like, Beavis and Butthead canon. I will say this time around I thought this one started a bit slow. Um, there's some nice stuff with the movie theater with the – I will fight for you until your heart stops beating kind of stuff. I, I like, but I, I like Butthead's impression. One specific, specific thing that I thought didn't quite hit the way I want. I, what this show, one thing this show I think does really well is animated violence. I, I, a lot of my favorite segments are just, you know, anything like Beavis or Butthead getting hit by a car or just any, like any of their fights with themselves usually get to me. I didn't really laugh all that much at the bite scene with the homeless man. Um, I'll get your thought. I just, I mean, it was fine. I just, that's the kind of scene I really expect Beavis and Butthead to kind of hit a grand slam with. And it's, it's just kind of, it was okay for me. I, if I could backtrack before I answer that question, I hope we can bill this podcast as a podcast about our second favorite shows of all time. <laughs> Hell yeah. That's, well, why not? That's a... <laughs> um, no, we've I, watched a ton of TV, so to be <laughs> second is pretty noteworthy. I, um, I will say, you know, uh, thinking back of it, I enjoyed the uh, crazy speak of the homeless man. Mm -hmm. uh, I enjoyed his voice and the way uh, the whoever did that voice... I know. I noticed going back even further. Thomas Middleditch did some voices on uh, this first episode. I don't know if it was in Werewolves or Middle of, of Highland or Crying, but uh, I enjoyed the voice work of the uh, guy. But I, I didn't look to the violence. But the bite scene was memorable nonetheless because they, of course, didn't just get bitten once; they got bitten dozens of times on each yeah. side. So, um, yeah, I, I, I'll concede to you there that point because i'll have to think a little bit more about it uh, comparing to other violent scenes in the show okay yeah it's but i i will say i think it does gain steam when their uh, quote unquote transformation happens because it just yeah they cut like from one of the video segments to them sitting on their couch and they just look like death because i mean obviously they do but yeah it's another one where <laughs> they're yeah like you mentioned like they're positive that this is a, this is a good thing because uh, Van Driesen mentioned in the classroom that uh, people like women like werewolves and uh, vampires because of like the mystique. Yeah, they're, so, they're like, forbidden, so they yeah. they're irresistible to women. <laughs> yeah, but it, it, we get some really good, just like exact, like exhausted, positive dialogue, starting with Beavis's. Uh, let's go get some girls <laughs> and like every time he tries to do the werewolf howl like he just starts coughing uncontrollably and I also was a big fan of and I think this is true because I don't know if we really got into what a great voice actor Mike Judge is that's almost my favorite part of his talent but I just I really like the uh 
buttheads, being a werewolf hurts my bones. <laughs> line, where you're just like you're just on death's door. And then, um, yeah, you want to this. I mean, we've talked about like, you know, vintage Beavis and Butthead. We get it at the end with uh, the nurse complaining that she doesn't want to put their catheter in because she swears they laugh. And the doctor's like, that's impossible. They're in deep comas. And then the last line, it ends with her putting the catheter in and you just hear Butthead go, <laughs> deep. <laughs> <laughs> and me- that, that's how it ends. And that's just like, yep, this, we're back. We're officially back with this part. I think that last scene elevates the entire episode. Honestly. Agreed. Yeah, agreed. Just talking about how many diseases they have and they're chuckling. And then that line, yes, I, I, that last scene is by far the best of the episode and really elevates it from an okay episode to uh, a memorable one. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Um, and this, we got a bit of a change with the video format. So I think we're going to split it up. There were still two uh, music videos here. Um, there were Kids by MGMT and First of the Year Equinox by Skrillex. And uh, my guy. Yeah, I was going to throw this to you, Adam. I know if he's not your absolute favorite, I know you're a big Skrillex fan. Matter of fact, I believe you've seen him live in all 50 states, if I, if I, if I have my information correctly. No, so, it's, like, it's, it's like 2010 never ended here. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, so just what's your thought on one of, if not your absolute favorite, one of your favorites getting the Beavis and Butthead treatment? I, uh, I, one, that's a great video. I enjoy Skrillex. I'm unashamed. I enjoy uh, a lot of his music, and I have seen him uh, probably uh, in, in, in quite a few states, as you've said. Great video. Um, I enjoy that. Uh, I enjoy their take on it as well. Anytime they open up a video with, whoa, <laughs> I think, you know, you're, they're going to enjoy it in some capacity. Um, yeah. There's an argument if the guy's a uh, pedophile or if he's the dad. I love, uh, uh, they ask, why doesn't he call 911? What's he going to say? Like, I took my niece, I didn't take my niece to see the little mermaid or whatever movie it was. And she yeah. started, she started bending space and time. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, um, no, that was fun. Um, and for the, I remember at the time too, just the revival being excited that video was on there. Conversely, I think kids by MGMT, I enjoy that song, but that video is awful. Especially I think now being, uh, you know, I, I'll, being a parent, yeah, um, your perspective's changed. No, but I, 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 you, I'll be interested to hear your take. Uh, it's a terrible video. Yeah, that's kind of like I, I, I was with them because with their commentary, because it's just yeah, it's a, a small kid had to be two or three, just like you know, being surrounded by these horrifying images. I mean. Unless that kid's like a great actor, it kind of felt like they were actually putting him through that, and it's it's off putting. It, it, it absolutely is. is. What uh, their commentary is on point too. They they weren't really having much of it, like you said. But um, like I love that about I, I love the idiot savantness of them too, and even the uh, like social status 
gets raised during the videos where one of the opening lines is like, she's a bad mom. <laughs> yeah. They've been raised incredibly poorly. Yeah. Um, but I, the awfulness of the video aside, there is uh, the little kid, one and a half year old having the same outfit as Butthead yep. is very funny. Yeah. And I, I like it. It was Butthead or Beavis is the one who caught it. And then Butthead was like, oh, yeah. And then just started talking about how cool the kid was. <laughs> yeah, that's um, yeah. So some good stuff there. But um, they kind of switched with the times because, of you know, MTV's format change. Well, I have to ask, Adam, what does the M and MTV even stand for? I mean, surely it's not music because I turn on the network and there's nary a music video to be found. You know, I think anybody that's ever said that has never watched channels that actually show music videos all the time now, too, <laughs> yeah. and don't realize that, like, every music video ever is still available. I will say there's something to be said for watching a channel where you don't know what's going to play next. Um, yeah. Well, I personally, I was of the impression that I was the first person to ever make that observation, but apparently <laughs> you're making me sound like I was just some sort of hackneyed thing. But um, anyway... No. <laughs> in this new one, they mix in a lot of MTV's original programming. And in this one, we get a little parody of uh, Jersey Shore. I believe the episode in question is entitled, like, More Than a Friend, parentheses, I think. And um, I got to say, I, I, as I, this is another thing. Is, yeah, it, second favorite show, and as I've gotten older. That's, that, that's going to be the theme here. Not, not, uh, Jersey Shore is uh, your first favorite show? Yeah, uh, well, well, perhaps, um, but like, I usually don't like. What I'm okay. I've gotten. I've become a point where I'm okay, like letting people like what they like, just because it has no impact. But all that said, I cannot wrap my head around what anybody likes about these shows, like these, these like Jersey Shore or like your uh, Laguna Beaches. I've seen clips. It's just shrieking awfulness i just well i mean maybe you've watched more i don't maybe you can explain i don't get the appeal i think you look no further than uh beavis and butthead's uh commentary where they say is this going to be one of those episodes where they don't fight or have sex mm -hmm. so i mean if there's anything that uh, uh lazy americans myself included you know you look for the violence and you look for the sex that sells and that's it on, I guess, a raw level. I, I'm with. I, I'm not a fan of the shows either. If you like the shows, more power to you. But uh, I don't find much enjoyment. Neither did Beavis and Butthead either. I think they. Uh, I like how they're above that show. You know what I yeah. mean? They they really lay into it. Uh, well, this, yeah. One thing I wanted to and this this was actually I mean uh, to reference Tain of Greatness. This was. Uh, a quote from uh, Yvette Kaplan, who is like a writer director that I, I re that really resonated with me. Just this, I mean, this is talking about Beavis and Butthead's appeal, but I think it kind of extends beyond uh, the lot. The quote was, "The people who were receptive to the show, meaning Beavis and Butthead, were either in one or two categories. They either were the audience and loving it because they didn't get that anything was being made fun of, or they were aware." that hand who was writing that was outside of that audience, but reflecting the audience. And I really feel like, yeah, these modern MTV shows are aimed directly at the first group of people who don't know that anything you're being made fun of. It's just 
Like it just, it's, it's a weird celebration of stupidity. And it's just like, I, I, I mean, this is going to come high in mind, especially considering about some of the things we revealed about ourselves in our last episode, but it's just, it's gross to me, just all this. And I think, yeah, you kind of mentioned too, I think you even hear Mike Judge's disgust because Beavis actually groans when one of the Jersey Shore cast makes, makes a joke about a woman liking hot salami. And he's just like, oh, he's talking about a schlong. Because I, I really, like, in the context of the show, that doesn't make any sense. But I think we kind of talk about viewing the videos separate. That almost feels like Mike Judge saying outright, don't want me in with this crap. <laughs> yeah, I, I can see that. And uh, yeah, if there's ever a time for Beavis and Butthead to be in agreement with that show, it's making a penis reference. Yeah. And, uh, and they, they flat oh, deny yeah. it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, even the poor joke, I think you're exactly right because it's separating Beavis and Butthead's comedy from what anybody might glean as comedy from Jersey Shore. Like we're, uh, I think it's Pauly um, says, oh, I've got, it's, I'm a DJ, so I'm good with circles. And Beavis is like, oh, I, I see how that works. Uh, you know, a record yeah. round and a pizza's round. It's not funny, but uh, yeah. I really know. <laughs> so. yeah. yeah, it's just, yeah, we get it, pal. But um, yeah, that's part of it. I, I, it's it's kind of like, like it's off-putting to the point where I'm almost glad that the new revival's not going to be on MTV because it's, uh, yeah, it's a bad network. I wonder what they'll do on Comedy Central, though. I mean, maybe we can talk to that later. I know we're we're running long on time here, but uh, yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting to see where they go. And I guess maybe we can get off our high horse too, because if somebody likes that show, they can they can like it. Who are well, we? yeah. I mean, people, like, you can get in contact us. We'll, we'll give you the, the social media and email stuff. So if you if you have any any defense you want to give, feel free. I mean. Uh, We've watched how many sitcoms? I've watched Baywatch and MacGyver back-to-back hours and pretty much every day in college. So, yeah, and, and gleaned entertainment from them. So, well, it's, uh, I I have Saved by the Bell DVD, so I can I can like trash, but it's uh, just uh, if you didn't grow up with it, maybe that's the thing. But um, sure. well, uh, wrapping up, uh, Adam, best de- of the two. What's the best episode? Uh, for me, it's Beverly Butt Billies. Uh, Werewolf of Hi- Werewolves of Highland is good, but Beverly Butt Billies is, uh, like you said, it's it's pretty close to a classic for me. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, I, I, Werewolves of Highland, very good as like a soft reboot to the show. You can watch it and get kind of, you know, deem. Uh, if you like this, you'll like the show. But yeah, Beverly Butt Billies, I said, my second favorite episode of all time. Uh, so yeah, easy choice. Cool. You've uh, got the social media in, info. All right. Yeah. I'm so, uh, sure yeah, I won't remember it, it for another yeah, if, 15 if episodes. Wanna... What? I'm sorry. We're talking over each other. Yeah. We'll, we'll edit that out in post. But um, yeah, if you want to get in touch with us, uh, we are on Facebook at Buff Code and Beaver Pod, or you can email us at uh, Buff Code and Beaver Pod at gmail.com. B U F F C O A T and beaver at gmail.com we might have other social media forms in the future i don't know social media is terrible and i don't want to be on it so much but uh if the demand comes yeah we'll we'll, we'll really on your high horse today too 
Yeah, that's uh. Well, and how long did you have? Uh, we'll we'll edit this and post in the in the can. I think you really are waiting to unleash that at some point in the podcast. Nope. Everything I say, I don't plan anything. It's all off the dome. Uh-huh. Every last word. I don't believe you. Well, I think it's time to end it. <laughs> We're just dead silence here. So long until next time. What? Wait, hold on, Clay. We'll uh, edit. What's our theme next week? Oh, right. Uh, uh, next week. Let's make sure we do edit this one in post. Um, <laughs> oh, this is one. Yeah, we've kind of teased this one already, but um, it's uh, Beavis and Butthead and the Positive Acting Teens. Uh, we're going to touch two very good episodes, uh, Party and Patsies. Uh, there's some fun discussions to be had with this one, I think, particular Patsies. But uh, yeah, it's, I look forward to it. This was another scorcher. Cool.